He's out. Kick coffee. Baseball. Coffee. Baseball. Hey everybody, uh, so we started this podcast with a lot of ambitions and we only got to free agency. So this is the free agency episode and if I tease other stuff, ignore it. It's not happening. It's not happening. Welcome back, Coffee Base Pod. Ryan, should we change officially change the name of this podcast to the Coffee Base Pod? Is that... No. Is that in the cards? I don't think so. I think coffee and baseball is just such a rolls right off your tongue. I don't know why we would change it to our Twitter handle that we never use. Coffee Base Pod. <laughs> Coffee Base Pod. We are back. It has been a very, very long time. Um, I don't even know what our last episode was, but we're going to make the promise we make to you every time we record after a while, which is we're going to make this more consistent. We're back. We're here. We're ready we're to coming go. Back. Ryan, we're coming back. Ryan, would we consider this to be season five? I think so. I think we, you know, spring training started. I think we can say this is season five. Season five. Pitchers and catchers have reported for duty. Ryan, it's exciting. Baseball's coming back, and we're we're gonna we're gonna sort of recap some free agency today and get into some jersey talk, of course, because oh. that's it's so hot right now. And if, if we've uh, got time at the end, we're gonna we're gonna do some some things we're excited for in twenty twenty four. Spoiler alert, I would imagine Ryan is gonna speak heavily about Shohei Otani. <laughs> hey, you know, he's a married man now, so let's uh So random, right? <laughs> right, so random. So you knew random. not not that that's not like a story on its own, right? But you knew that there was no sports stories going on that like a top five ESPN story was like, by the way, Shohei Otani, surprise marriage. <laughs> oh, you should see it in I mean in Japan it's like they said it was such breaking news in the bottom. People thought like there was an earthquake or something. It was really such a big deal. Interesting. You know the way it the way it came on screen. People thought there was an emergency, and it's Shohei is married. I mean, no one even knew he had a girlfriend, let alone yeah, he was married. Very. It was very Aaron Rodgers like, where yeah. where you almost thought it was a joke because you you this man <laughs> is so overexposed to us. As like a PR entity, and then he'll just casually slip in. Like, by the way, I got married last. Like, Aaron Rodgers is always casually like, by the way, I'm engaged. <laughs> and then, like, and then a year later, he's like, now nah, we broke up. And like, what? <laughs> what is any of this anyway? Just amazing, just amazing. So Ryan, let's uh, let's go. Let's talk, what do we got? Let's talk about free agency. Well, I think the big, the obvious big one is Cody Bellinger getting re-signed uh, by the Cubs. Uh, the details of the contract I'm pulling up right now, but it essentially to me sort of boiled down to like a one year, one or two year prove it contract with like the option of like if he totally sucks for two years, he can play or opt in. Three. I think there's three. I think it's a three year contract, but it's a great, in my opinion, it's actually a great contract for both sides mm-hmm. because, you know, this uh, free agency period outside of. You know, the big dogs, um, <clears throat> which was, of course, Shohei and Yamamoto, has been kind mm-hmm. of like sleepy and the deals have been interesting and not everybody's getting the money they want. I mean, Boris yeah. clients in particular didn't get the money they wanted. Yeah. But I will I... say this is a great deal because 
it gives Belly another year to say, hey, look, I wasn't a fluke. You know, quote, the big, unquote, the big thing with Bellinger, um, no one's ever questioned the eliteness of his defense. It's always that his like advanced analytics for the year 2023 were really bad. So it was like he gave you yeah. the old numbers that you liked. Like he had a bunch of steals. He had he hit 307. He I forget the number of home runs. It wasn't a lot, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot. It was like maybe like 15 or 18 home runs. Um, but like all the advanced analytics were basically just like weak contact, not a good, you know, uh, launch angle, things like that. And so, you know, sort of the debate was like, okay, like the underlying numbers maybe aren't what you want them to be, but the results are there, right? So it's like, how much do you want to call it luck? How much do you want to call it a change in approach to a more contact, you know, less swing for the fences type approach, uh, so in that respect, I'm really with you, Ryan. It's 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 a three year deal with two opt out years after the first year, uh, both player opt out years, uh, basically thirty million a year. So yeah, I, I, I kind of I like it for both sides um, as well. I'm, I'm I'm with you, and I liked I liked him on the Cubs because I as as much as I'm not like a fan of one of the flagship franchises, I do like it when the flagship teams have big name players, and so like the Cubs making a run at it to me is just like it's an absolute win for baseball a hundred percent i think he he kind of showed you know a resurgence in a sense i mean comeback player of the year let's not forget he did yeah. win that um but i thought he did really well in the cubs and i thought it was a great fit to go back there mm -hmm. question was were they going to be the team that overpays you know 225 million dollar contract to sign an outfielder who literally won mvp and then tanked uh now he's doing a resurgence this comeback player of the year you know are we going to get what what belly are we going to get for the next season are we going to get the one that falls back in his old ways and stinks or are we going to get the guy who somehow has found something that he can hold consistently going forward and be that player that he's supposed to be that the cubs need him to be but i mean honestly he should be you know but hasn't been able to to hold on to it since that MVP, that young MVP, right? That he was yep. 25, maybe 24 when he won his MVP. I want to say, I think mm -hmm. he was 24, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you know, he came out of the gate hitting some like like 57 home runs as a rookie, something crazy. I yeah. forget what the number yeah. was, it was a lot. Um, yeah, I'm rooting for it, man. Bellinger is a fun, fun player when he's clicking. Uh, so you know, uh, dude, with early belly is one of my favorite players to ever watch when he was on the Dodgers when they were having fun and he was I mean there was one year that he was just like if he's up to bat odds are he's going to get a hit and it was like what are we getting and mm -hmm. you know it was everything it was home runs, that all this big it's like, swing it's the big power ugh. it was cool because he was when he was a rookie in particular his big thing was that he could hit breaking balls for power, like no one I'd ever seen. Like I remember, I remember watching a really young Bryce Harper, like a 19 year old Bryce Harper, and like all you had to do was throw the dude a curveball, and he couldn't do shit with it. And Bellinger, at a little bit older, but like maybe like 20 or 21, was just like, oh, curveballs are my like favorite thing to throw, like you know, or to, to eat. Like so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Bellinger at his peak is great. Uh, you know, who else at his peak is great, Ryan. Corbin Burns to the Orioles. <laughs> Wait, pause before we do Corbin Burns. Just oh, one please. thing we should touch on is... Please. 
Cubs have a new manager, mm. right? Is there, uh, you know, is there going to be a difference also? I just always wonder, like, leadership, change at the helm, you know. I know the team's pretty similar, but do we think that that's going to make a difference um, for Belly, like, better or for worse? I always Great question. Counsel. Yeah. You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, like you know, I'm I'm pretty on record as sort of hating Craig Council. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's like the the like the way that LeBron James whines about every fucking foul call in basketball is sort of how I feel about Craig Council as a manager. So like, I wouldn't even know if he was a good manager or not. I just hate what I see. I hate the product that I see on television. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, he could be a I, great manager. I'm not saying he's a bad manager at all. <laughs> I just hate, I, it's, I I hate find it so funny because the Brewers to me are the perfect like B B B plus team every year, right? They're almost great, yeah. but they're not. They have a lot of and, nice pieces that we talk about. There's always somebody on the Brewers or something to talk about. They're never fully irrelevant. Yeah, and and he was at the helm of them for. I don't even know how long. And then it was like the Cubs made this big push to pull him over and they got him and they signed him, did this massive contract and all this stuff. And hey, Drake, if you're listening, my uh, Andrew Drake, not a, I'm not friends with the uh, pop star, but if you're listening as a Cubs fan, you know, I would love to hear, are you pumped about this? I thought it was such an interesting move uh, for I just don't quite know the reason. When kind of a funny little like, because uh, uh, he gets you know, I don't know if he was officially like traded or 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 like they just signed him because he was free or whatever. But it's a yeah, funny it was... little like, like uh, uh, the big city on the lake in Chicago takes the smaller city on the lake in Milwaukee's you know manager. It's a little bit like, hey, you did it in small town, you know, Lake Michigan. How about big town, Lake Michigan? You know, like it's, it's, I don't know. It's that's maybe that's like a dumb analysis, of it. but uh, <laughs> just for cleanup, uh, Brewers manager 2015 to 2023 and a good era of Brewers baseball, honest to God. So, you know, you can't say he is overtly bad as a manager. I, no, I, he's I not bad. I would never way. say he's bad. I just wouldn't. Just don't like seeing uh, him. Yeah, yeah, you know. So anyhow, yes. So speaking of the Brewers, uh, they traded away ace pitcher uh, 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 Corbin Burns to the Orioles, who give up a somewhat prized prospect in DL Hall, uh, which is interesting because I had felt like we were in this era of like no one ever gives up a good prospect ever, Um, and especially the Orioles. I was. Curious to see sort of how they would do it. Um, so it's very interesting. The like skeptical Orioles fan in me is like, oh, you finally made a big move and it was to get an expiring contract. <laughs> like, wow. Like, look, because all my, all my more optimistic Orioles fan friends are like, they call me a hater basically because I, I hate on, on the ownership group for like never actually well, spending they, money. They, and they're changing. They're changing. But we're getting a new owner. Getting a new right? owner. Getting rid of the former lawyer. I never – the Peter Angelo story to me is, like, unbelievable because these other teams in baseball are getting bought by, like, private equity firms and, like, Magic Johnson. And then just, like, the Orioles were bought by, like, some lawyer. 
like he was a lawyer in the like late 80s, early 90s. Not like a corp. Well, he might have been a corporate lawyer. It's been a while since I've, I've read Peter Angela's Wikipedia. But like every time people are like, the Orioles don't spend money. Their owner is cheap. I remember that like when I looked this dude up the first time, I was like, wait a minute. So he was just like a lawyer in the Baltimore area. And then he bought the fucking baseball team. Like, I don't know. It, it's, it blows my mind. Hey, living the dream. Living the dream right there. I guess. Anyway, moving on to new ownership. Hopefully, they will spend money in a way that is just there. Like I'm not. I'm past the point of uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into an Orioles tangent. Uh, we'll see what the new ownership group brings. Um, well, the prospect you gave up for Corbin approved, disapproved, fine um, with it. So, so like my thing with the Orioles prospects, I know Jackson Holiday is like the don't touch him. He's going to be amazing. Yep. I know that Gunnar Henderson is Mr. Right now and he's going to be amazing. And I know that Grayson Rodriguez is like the ace of the future and we like desperately need pitching, like de- starting pitching specifically. And I, I, I have Orioles friends who talk about John Means and, and Kyle Bradish and I, I don't want to hear it. We need pitching. Um, so like we had, we obviously had like everybody says this. We had a glut of hitting prospects. At a certain point, they can't all play, and you should trade some hitting for some pitching because you need it. I was hoping the sort of match made in heaven that I was hoping for was that we were going to get one of the Mariners young pitchers because they have like a gajillion young pitching uh, like guys yep. who are like sort of rookies or second year players right now. So I was hoping we'd get one of those guys in a couple years of control. Um, but I'm very weary of when baseball trades go down and people just like lose, lose, like I, they lose their eye on the ball basically. Like where they, they want a guy they can control so badly that they forget that he's not that great. Like the Jose Quintana trade uh, a couple years ago from the White Sox where like the, the Cubs like traded away a bunch of great prospects for Jose Quintana because Quintana had like four years of team control and then they just got a really average to below average pitcher for four years. Yep. So like yep. that part of me that's very aware of that side of baseball is psyched that, hey, like at least you traded for a genuinely great pitcher. And like, hey, this is our like and now that Corbin Burns is on the squad, it's officially championship watch for the Orioles, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's kind of exciting, right? Like, I I appreciate that they're doing something because that was the big criticism before they did that was like, hey, are you guys going to do anything? Are the Orioles just going to run it back and be like, eh, let's see what happens? So the fact that they actually went out and got a top pitcher that had been, you know, first connected to every major team oh oh they're going to trade for him they're going to trade for him i if i didn't hear it again that the dodgers were going to trade for him i was like okay a great but i don't want it like again an expiring one year like when you got you guys didn't need him in the same way correct correct but seeing the orioles do it make me excited like it's a team anytime that there's a team that isn't and of course we all know i'm a fan of the big bad you know, monster of a team. I appreciate when smaller teams make good moves, go and try to do something, go and make the moves they do to actually try to get them over the edge versus it just always being, oh, they went to the Yankees. Oh, they went to the Dodgers. Oh, they went to the, you know, fill in the blank. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing over and over. So, you know, it's exciting to see. I I think um, um, they'll be very good this year. 
Yeah. Also, who's in your – what division are you in? Who's your – We're in the famed AL East, so Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, you're Rays. in the... it's, it's It's a buzzsaw of a division, but we won it last year. I don't think the Red Sox are really trying to compete this year. Um I'm I'm hoping the Yankees are better because I like I love Juan Soto I love Aaron Judge I want to see them be a fun team um, I think the Rays could really easily take a big step back if you if you ignore their win streak at the beginning of the season last year they were a above average team but not in like not an unbelievable team um, and a lot of guys had career years for them mm. uh, I'm always I'm always weary of these teams where everybody has a career year at the same time being sustainable. Like I'm looking at the the 2016 Cubs, for example, where like every single hitter on that team had a career year and then Jake Arrieta was like suddenly unhittable. Uh, and like, you're like, yeah, great season. I don't know if they're going to win the next five World Series. That's honestly why like I'm, I'm not like down on the Braves, but like I don't think they're going to win – as many games as they won last year because like I don't think Acuna is going 40 70 again I don't think Matt Olson's hitting 54 home runs again like those are just such high marks that it's just like repeating that requires so much focus so much health you know what I mean like it's 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 hard to just assume career years are going to happen every year for everyone at the same time so for that reason I think the Rays will take a step back next year um and that's and then I I'm I'm actually like deadly afraid of the Blue Jays. I think they're incredible and 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 sort of a sleeping giant. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of see where their pitching shakes out in the end of the day. That's sort of that's sort of what's going to hold them back, in my opinion. Well, Rue went to the KBO, man. He's he's done. Hinjin? Oh man, I loved yeah. him. Dude. He's great. Same here. I can't believe I I was kind of bummed, but I guess the the thinking that everybody said was he really that's where he started his career and that's where he wants to end his career so it was like his career I dude I totally get it yeah if I was some stud American athlete playing like soccer I would love to play soccer in the United States yeah one day it's like I think there's just the whole thing behind him um real quick tangent because we mentioned Soto uh on the Yankees I don't know why I feel like he is going to have such and now (laughs) it's such a funny statement to say because we say statements like this, and then you look at how he did last year, and he did great. But for some reason, it wasn't great, if that makes sense. It was like, if you look at his numbers, it was good last year. Yeah. I think this year he's going to be phenomenal. I don't sure. know why I just have this, like, you know, where we're going to see the guy that everybody's like, oh, there he is. You know, I, I, I would totally agree, and I would sort of argue he never went anywhere. Um, like, I don't have his home road splits in front of me. Nor am I the kind of guy who like knows how to dig into the numbers like that, but he's he's never he's not as big of a power guy as he is in your head. Like I think that's the big thing with Juan Soto is he had one really good power season, and I believe it was the 2019 or 2021 juiced ball season. Um, and outside of that, that's really not his game. Like he has capability, but he's like Ichiro, where like he could hit it out every time, but he's more of a line drive guy. And a commanding the zone guy. So, like, when you go to a spot like San Diego where power is so dampened, like, you're going to be underwhelmed by his numbers just because no matter how much we tell ourselves to look deeper than just home runs and batting average, we kind of only fucking remember home runs and batting average, right? So, like, he's going to go to the Yankees. 
Sorry, go ahead. You want to be blown away. <laughs> uh, last year was like actually a career year for him. Yeah. His, I mean, you know, unless we're going back to like 2020, 2021, right? From 2022 uh, until now, best batting average, uh, best OBP, yeah. best slugging, best OPS. You know, like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny that you're like, oh, yeah, he wasn't that great last year. And it was like he had a like a almost a career year last year. And not only did he have almost a career year last year, but he's the first two months of the season, he was terrible. So like, Mm -hmm. it's really the last like three, four months of the season. He was like on fire. Um, Uh, Yeah, he's good. You know, it's that it's the stink of the Padres. Unfortunately, is sort of what we're associating him with. Like, I mean, mean, there was, were were interesting, which we can talk about them another time too, but it'll be interesting to see what they do this year because they really haven't done much. And I don't know. How they're gonna? I'm sort of a believer in like regression to the mean. Sort of as you can tell by my like last kind of tangent about like when players have career years. So I could easily see the Padres being really competitive this year. I love what they did with their pitching staff. Um, I think Yu Darvish is a huge bounce back candidate this year. I love Michael King coming from the Yankees to the Padres, and the only real hitter they lost is Juan Soto, who's incredible hitting wise, but like he can't play defense at all. So like you are getting defensively addition by subtraction. Uh like no question in my opinion. So I like I don't know. I could easily see them making well, they got the a new manager this year. too. Mike Schilt is their new manager this year. Yeah. Well Ryan, any other free agents up. that we want to get to? I could do a quick roundup if you want to and maybe you tell me who you like from the from the list. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do that. Let's do that. Well, Dodgers add Yamamoto. I'm not sure if we talked about that. Um, I think we did. I mean, we did talk about Yamamoto. There's not a like. There's not a whole lot to say except that I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, he just pitched in spring training, um, three innings, two innings, uh, and looked absolutely filthy. Um, I'm I'm blown away by this guy's. Pitching, uh, what do you like? Kick and stance and everything that he does because like you form. watch it. His form, like you watch it, and you're like, his like the smallest kick, the lowest. Oh yeah, he thing. looks like he's just casually throwing it to the plate. <laughs> he just looks, and he threw some filthy, filthy things. So uh, he'll be a lot of fun. I mean, we don't need to to spend much time on him just because. I think, I think everybody has in every podcast, but, but yeah, we're a it'll be podcast. great. It'll be great. Ryan Braves acquire Chris Sale from the Boston Red Sox, and the Red Sox acquire Lucas Giolito from the free agency market. What do you think? Are are both of these guys washed? Should we care about? I these don't moves? know. I think I think Sale's an interesting one because he's coming in as what they're like number. Kind of depends on how you see Charlie Morton in his advanced age. Max Freed's definitely their number one. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, I think Chris Sale could be as high as their number two starter, to be honest with you. So it'll be interesting to see because I think that the key to Sale is, in my opinion, is making him further back so that he doesn't have that pressure. And then also rest, you know, keep him healthy. Uh, see how long you can keep him healthy. You know, I would argue that if I was the Braves, I would move like almost a six-man rotation where he doesn't have to pitch every time because 
he just gets injured. He does have a lot of freak injuries, which I'll I'll grant him, like 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 punching walls and like a comebacker that broke his hand. Like that's a freak yep. injury. Yeah. Uh, I also completely forgot that the Braves have the best pitcher in baseball in Spencer Strider. So Spencer Strider, their number one. Max Fried, their number two. Yeah, their number two. That's to what it was. Because that's why I was like, that's Charlie why I thought it was three, four. Chris Sale four. Bryce Elder yep. five. Yeah. I mean, that's a really nice starting five. It's not. So it as, could be scary. Uh, could be nothing, you know what I mean? It's a, it's one of those things where, you know, I've we, we've all had it on the teams we follow where you pick up that vet that was once incredible, and you sometimes get another year of that vet being incredible, and sometimes you get the exact opposite. So I love it. I think Chris Sale is one of the great characters in baseball, and when he went from the White Sox to the Red Sox, my like my whole heart was just like. Finally, this like unbelievable pitcher gets to be in the thick of things, and then like a year and a half later, the Red Sox just like stopped competing. And so once again, four years after that, I am saying to myself, "Yeah, I mean, he it deserves to be in the thick of things." It's it's good he's on a good team. Uh, we'll see how he goes. Lucas Giolito. I mean, man, he he got picked up by the Angels right last year, mm-hmm. and then was atrocious. He was bad before the Angels, but then he got thrust into the spotlight and was as he wasn't having a good season. He's sort of coasting on a big, being a big name and being a really mm-hmm. good young pitcher, but he hasn't been an elite pitcher in, in a couple years, in my opinion. And where did he land again this year? Now he is on the Boston Red Sox, which have put together sort of an interesting rotation right now. I mean, I don't think Giolito is going to be good. Personally, I think he's washed uh, and I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in general in reclamation projects. I think they work out far less often on the pitching side than than we remember. I think it's sort of response yeah, bias. It is we, true. We all remember like you know a handful of guys who are reclaimed, and we forget the like 50 guys who are just washed. Well, we all get that like Rich Hill who came yeah. and had a career as way older than anybody ever expected and was awesome. Now, no more. But you know, it's like. <laughs> It's just so funny to 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 see these things where it's like, hey, they do occur, but it's all about just tapping into, um, you know, that that pitch that they haven't thrown or finding something that people can't hit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think the Red Sox are a, a, a joke. I have a friend who works at Netflix and does all the the sporting shows. And oh. I was saying, oh, when you do a, a baseball one, let me know. He's like, we are. We're doing the Red Sox. I said, yeah. yeah so when you do a baseball one, Got him. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> That's cool, dude. Um, more, uh, more free agency. Some, some, some interesting names, in my opinion. Teoscar Hernandez to the Dodgers. Uh, Shota Imanaga to the Cubs. Two, oh, yeah. two really interesting kind of toolsy players. Uh, Ryan, I'll give you I'll give you the floor sort of for the for T Oscar, but I just want to add uh big, big like advanced stat darling T Oscar Hernandez just either either strikes out or hits the ball a million miles an hour. Um I'm a huge fan, uh especially if you historically look at Dodgers Park, what they essentially say is it's a pitcher's park, but with like kind of easy home run capability. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's T. Oscar's game. Uh, so I really like this ad, personally. I mean, I find this ad so amazing because, you know, it was known that the Dodgers wanted him, but there was so much talk about, like, 
three years, four years even uh, for for his talents and who's pushing it, who's going there, who's doing all this stuff. And then it comes out that the Dodgers signed him for one year. And it was like, <laughs> wait, what? Um, which is super exciting. I mean, both for, for him but and for the Dodgers. It's like they got who they wanted. We can see... Is he going to be back to the player that they want? Is he going to mash the way he needs? He fills a good role for the Dodgers. Um, I mean, spring training, he's looked great. Who knows? Spring training is always one of those that, like, I actually uh, hate listening to anything spring training. You know, people always go, oh, this and that, and da-da-da-da-da. Amen, like, Ryan. Stop. A- stop. Yeah. Spring training means spring, nothing. Spring training means nothing. There's a, nothing. like— Someone posted the other day, like, Dodgers undefeated in spring training. I was like, see, now you jinxed us, bro. Get get out of here with that stuff. Who cares? It's lineups <laughs> of a million people. It's everybody trying out things. So it's there's zero relevance um, in spring training. But the, the signing that I realized is the most exciting, and sorry, Teoscar, you are exciting, is that I don't think we've discussed it. Clayton Kershaw is back. <laughs> this Come is the on. ultimate. This is the ultimate Ryan Vickers. I just, <laughs> like, I, it it reminded like, I mean, me when we're you were ba- saying we're burying the lead here. <laughs> we are burying the lead here, um, and it's the funniest part is: Am I? Are we burying the lead because I think he's going to be an ace forever? No, we're burying the lead only because I think there is nothing more important, in my opinion, of the Dodgers then this man finishes his career in Dodger Blue. And I just think it's so important that this is the that we keep him until he is ready to be done. And, you know, like the day that he retires is going to be a very sad day uh, for all Dodgers fans. I mean, for all of baseball, you can, you can rip on him and say playoff this and that, whatever. He's one of the greatest pitchers that have ever played the game. He has the opportunity, in my opinion, to finish a career – in the same uniform from start to finish, which is these days, again, very rare. It's very special when it happens. You know, no and very question. special. Um, yeah. I just, so excited to hear that. Signed it, you know. I think it's a, a two-year deal, that, deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's, I think it's a player option. Uh, so basically what they're trying to do, though, is uh, they're trying to give him the ability of, because he does this every year where he thinks about if he wants to play, what I think is reassuring about that is he's saying, hey, look, he's probably given to them, I'm going to finish my career with you guys at this point, no matter what. So they said, hey, check it out. We'll just give you two years. You know, you you can pick again at the end if you want it or not. But like, right. As long as you want. It. Yeah, that, that's that's sort of what that says. As long as you want to be a Dodger, you can be a Dodger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. And I would love for you to speak a little bit on just how funny the Dodgers rotation is now because you've got Clayton Kershaw who's going to come back from injury, you know, probably around the all-star break, maybe a little bit after you've got, you've got these guys in, in James Paxton and um, uh, Tyler glass now that like no one believes can make it a full season. Like it's just like, and, and then, and then uh, Cody, uh, excuse me, Walker Bueller who, um, I coming guess back I, I don't know when he's starting, but he's coming back from injuries. I don't think he, I don't yeah. know if he's going to start the year in the rotation. Um, it's just like so hilarious how they just have all these big name pitchers who can give you like half a season front or back end, and I just yeah. like I find it so delightfully it's, like it's you know what it is. Th- this is what's great about it. You and me love baseball, right? 
we are not like we could never fucking run a team. I'm not even gonna pretend like we would know how to run a team. And this feels like the kind of move you and me would come up with. <laughs> like it well, Kershaw's it, it, like half a season good. Is there somebody else who's half a season good? And maybe that's like one pitcher. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of wild because when you look at it, so it's like obviously Yamamoto's number one. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would maybe put Glass now number one. You wait, sorry. In terms of just like your your starting rotation, rotation, correct? I, oh, I'm a Glass now one, but fair enough. Can continue. Yamamoto will be one. He's yes, good. He's good. I'm not. I'm not denying the skills. Yeah. Um, Glass now is going to be two, and then the question becomes when when is Bueller back? You know when you know and wh- where is he going to land? Right. I mean, let's look at it this way: if Bueller is healthy. He and he's your number three. Yeah, that's that's unreal. Then you move on to Bobby Miller. Yeah, who you know? Okay, wait. Miller is my four, and then between that and Bobby Miller is by the way is um, I play a lot of fantasy baseball, so I I listen to a lot of like like the really nerdy in the weeds like metrics about pitchers. Bobby Miller is an advanced stats like pitching darling in terms of like. His pitch mix, the shape of his pitches, his extension, all those like sort of like attempting to quantify like he's tough to hit. Mm-hmm. Like he is an advanced stat darling, which is really funny because Emmett Sheehan was supposed to well, be this like ultra say, stud has the best stuff guy in the rotation. But like all still, the all the advanced pitching analytics people love Bobby Miller. Oh, that's that's so interesting. Cause I was gonna say we still have Sheehan, right? But then you've got Paxton Kershaw, uh, Yarbrough, and Gavin Stone. So it's like when you actually look at how many pitchers they have, it makes a little more sense, right? If you were to take away the prospects that are that are going to start in the in the majors and have the opportunity to become full fledged starters, then yeah, the the rotation is very questionable. But I think they have the pieces right now to fill it. And then of course, I think the thing that they're building towards. Is there going to be a six-man rotation next year? For sure. When Otani comes back, you know, and uh, he will be, pitching. and then he will be their number one. Honestly. Yeah, and look at that. <laughs> I mean, that's what's insane is you look at the rotation this year, and you're like, "Whoa, that's pretty good." If all goes as planned, yeah, next year is like holy. So yeah, it'll be it'll be you know. I, I mean, I'm excited. I can't wait for this season to start. I've we sold our opening day tickets. For what we sell playoff. That's great. I've never I've never made uh this much money off of opening day seats in my entire life. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that that how exciting uh this year is gonna be. Um it's gonna be a really fun year spectrum. for baseball. Ryan, we should end this what is now free agency recap episode. Yep. <laughs> By discussing the last free agent. Of, of real consequence, you could argue there's two, but I want to talk about one specifically. There's Jordan Montgomery, who's great, and he'll land somewhere and somebody will be very lucky. But I want to talk about Blake Snell, 30-year-old, wow. yeah, two-time, two-time Cy Young Award winner. Coming off a Cy Young season. Yes. And another, another sort of situation where, like, if you dig into the advanced analytics, that's the dissonance is there's, there's well, yeah, that's like, that's the world we live in is there's performance, right? There's performance stats, right? Like as much as everyone's like, you know, batting average, OBP, whatever. It's like, yeah, but like you, you need to score runs to like win the game. So you got to get on base, you know, things like that. RBIs matter 
because winning well, that's baseball the is big, runs. That's the big problem with him, right, is too many walks, right? That's his so big... his problem is that his advanced stats are basically that – his pitching stats are all about fielding independent pitching. So it's all about strikeouts, home runs given up, and walks given up, right? The three true outcomes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and he doesn't mind giving up a walk. He doesn't mind putting runners on base – and once they're on base, he's really good at stranding them. He was at this way in his uh, first Cy Young season as well, which I think was around 2018, I want to say, 2017, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, that's That was his MO then too. So you sort of have this interesting dissonance of, I'm sure Scott Boris is going to these teams going, hey man, I got a 30-year-old two-time Cy Young winner, you know, who's a lefty, by the way. Uh, and he wants, I don't know, Five to ten years, three, you know, two hundred million dollars. You know, look at Garrett Cole, look at blah blah blah. And I'm sure teams are going, dude. Look at these advanced analytics. Like mm-hmm. he's either getting lucky or he's he's got to be so precise to make this work. I don't know if he can be that precise every single year. Um, so I I don't know, man. I mean, I'm shamelessly hoping the Orioles get it, like pulling for the Orioles to get him. We have nobody on our books who costs anything. Overspend on a pitcher, please. Overspend on this really, really good starting pitcher who's a lefty. Like, do it, Orioles, do it. Yeah, I don't. I, I. It's, it's really interesting to me because I would not be unhappy with any team that signed him. You know, like I think that you're going to get. What do you mean by that? I think you're going to get a few great years out of him, no matter what. Even with I know these advanced blah blah blah. I just think you're going to get. You know. A, a good amount. I find it so interesting the resistance of signing him that I worry he's going to land on a team like the Angels. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Angels are going to pull out the pocketbook and be like, "We're going to sign this guy, and he's going to go over there, and he's going to live in mediocrity with uh, Trout and you know uh, uh, Rendon, who hates playing baseball." <laughs> um, you know, and it's just going to be this thing where it's like, "Okay, great." I would prefer to see him. On a big stage, I'd love to see him on the Orioles. I mean, that would really be great. You know, I'd take him on the Yankees. I'd take him anywhere. Yeah, me too. I just find it so funny. I also think there's, uh, I think there's a thing going on in baseball too of this kind of resistance to Boris and the way that he does business. I agree. You know, the Dodgers really don't deal with him hardly at all. Like it's they pretty they, much Kershaw, right? Kershaw's definitely a Boris guy, isn't he? Uh, I'll have to look that up. I don't know. And I know that there was like one other they've dealt with. But when they do deal with them, they do like a one-year deal, right? Like they don't. Oh, he is not a Kershaw guy. He is represented by agent J.D. Smart. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Kershaw's probably with someone random like that. But they, I think, is Teoscar a Boris? There's, there's basically someone that they've done like they'll do a year or they'll do this, but they don't, they don't like him. And I think there's this kind of, uh, let's use the fun word, collusion among teams of being like, dude, we're tired of being bullied by this guy into contracts we don't want. Yeah. Um, you know, like we'd rather have the freedom to sign what we want to sign and how we're going to sign Seager, him. Think... Corey Seager had Scott Boris, although the the Dodgers never like dealt with extensions. No, we never dealt. Like yep. Yep. So yeah. I just think there's a weird thing going on with Boris clients right now where people are kind of like, eh, I'm not going to well, give think, you the deal yeah. you're demanding. You know, I, I mean, Belly was one. They, Bellinger, yeah. He, but again, not re-signed. Julio Urias, same deal, not, re- not re-signed. 
But I, um, but I'm, even my point is he ended up doing this three-year with opt-outs. And I think that the reason that occurred is because he pushed Boris and said, dude, let's do this. This is what I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where the rest, he's like, hold on, we're going to get you the money. And it's like, dude, we're spring training. We've got, you know, baseball around the corner. Mm-hmm. Your guys are missing reps. They're missing time. They're missing right. all this stuff. No, they're right missing now. competition more than anything, right? Correct. If you're If you're trying to... You know, judge if you want this hot young rookie to to take over your job or not, or to take the job or not, and you're seeing him every day. Yeah, I, I get it. Like if I was a if I was a baseball team, I would like I would loathe dealing with a Scott Boris type because it is it's these big weighted contracts, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, like I think the Dodgers have done a really good demonstration of like you want to give a big contract, this dude better be younger than 28. Correct. And he better have multiple all-star seasons under his belt. Like, you can't... There's a reason for it. It's hard to justify doing a big contract for a 30-year-old anymore. And really, frankly, it's because on some level, the steroids have been cleaned out of the game. So you can't expect 35-year-olds to be all-stars anymore. Um, So, yeah. I don't know. It, It is interesting watching this happen. And it's really funny because we always talk about, like... The large, the broader economic forces of these these free agencies, right? We're like, well, you know, nobody's really spending money, blah blah blah. And then like, you know, and then a Shohei Otani comes around, and all of a sudden there's all this money available. And so at the end of the day, I think that if Boris genuinely had a client that people were like, I need this guy, like a Bryce Harper, I think people would deal with him. I think I think that's sort of the threshold is you don't want to deal with him X amount. But you want a player X amount. And so it's like Correct. you got to really fucking love this guy from Scott Boris in order to want to sign him because you get in that baggage of like this just horrible, you know, whatever negotiation yep. situation yep. that you're in. But uh, All right. So uh, put it out there, Bernie. What team? And you don't have to say the amount, but what do you think length of contract he gets? Yeah, I think it's going to be an opt-out situation, sort of what Correa has, sort of what um, um, Cody Bellinger has. I think it'll be something like that. Like, let's call it a two- to three-year deal where the yep. annual average Agreed. value is going to be, let's say, $35 million a year yep. uh, with, with two team opt-outs or two mutual opt-outs. I don't even know. Maybe two player opt-outs. I guess usually it's player opt-outs. Let's player. say the two it'll player opt-outs. Two player. Um, and I'm going to say Yankees. I'm going to say Yankees. I just, I, I think that that makes the most sense. They have a big righty in Garrett Cole. Um, yep. they, they signed Marcus Stroman to a nice deal. I love Marcus Stroman. I think he's great. Uh, and they really, and there's need- been a lot of smoke there too. There's been a lot of smoke with the Yankees where you keep hearing Yankee Snell, Yankee Snell. I, yeah. I agree, but I'm going to say angels just because good old. Art Moreno needs to uh, uh, fill those seats. So if you he's know, not selling the, the team, I guess that suddenly makes sense. I don't know. I think the Angels are closer to trading Mike Trout than they are to, to signing any more free agents, personally. <laughs> but I guess we'll see. I think I think Yankees or Orioles is sort of what my heart wants because those are the teams that are really really good and need pitching. Like the, mm-hmm. the Rangers are really good; they don't particularly need pitching. Uh, you know, the Astros are really good. I guess you could argue they're going to start needing pitching more and more as their guys age. But right now it feels like they don't need need pitching. So, like, from where I'm standing, that's sort of the team that I'm seeing. The Dodgers obviously sort of already filled their rotational yeah, gaps that they were looking they're at. They're done. They're done. Um, yeah. The Giants is another big one that people are talking about because they're 
desperately trying to compete, but I think that they've probably been burned by Boris to the point that they're just like, we're not dealing with you anymore. That's an interesting one that, I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, I just feel like they haven't done any. I guess they've tried to do things, but nothing's come together. But they, hey, I mean, they've had some interesting a... moves. They just signed. Um, um, oh God, I forget his name, but the guy from the Mariners who was like the either won the Cy Young or he was like the number two Cy Young. I'm not. It's like Robbie Ray. They just signed. They just Robbie traded. Ray. Well, they Robbie traded. Ray. Yeah, that's a really. He'll come back one. second half of the year, I think, because he's coming off of uh, of uh, Tommy John. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we're going a little long, Ryan, so we should probably wrap up here. So we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Keep drinking that baseball. Keep watching that coffee. <laughs> Maybe. Going, going on. Gone. 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 It's a home run. He's down. Home, 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 home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Go, Go home. Peace out.